0: Good morning. Many of you probably heard about the anti-bullying bill that was debated and ultimately defeated in the Louisiana legislature this year. Very briefly, in case you didn't hear about it, the proposed law would have expanded the definition of bullying. The current law requires that bullying cause or threaten harm or be so pervasive that it creates a threatening environment. It has to either cause or threaten harm, or be so pervasive that it creates a threatening environment. The proposed law would not require that it become pervasive. Just a single act of intimidation or bullying would warrant a response. Secondly, the proposed bill would have protected children based on certain characteristics such as race, color, religion, ancestry, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity or expression, physical characteristic, political persuasion, or mental disability. Any offensive act targeting one of those characteristics. To be very clear, it was meant to protect the LGBT community, among others. Because the fact is you have school officials who excuse bullying against LGBT kids because the officials themselves find that teasing more understandable. The bill was meant to remove that level of subjectivity. Finally, the bill was meant to include six school districts which are exempted from bullying laws. I know this sounds kind of strange, but there are actually six parishes right around East Baton Rouge, including East Baton Rouge Parish, which are currently exempt from anti-bullying laws. The new bill was meant to make all school districts comply with anti-bullying laws. That's it. That was the bill. Now, whether we as a society want to expand to make any single act of teasing punishable could be a legitimate debate. Are we trying to be too protective of children now as compared to previous generations? Or are we finally being made aware of the suffering of a minority group? While I feel very strongly on the one hand about teasing and making certain kids feel bad or different, I have equally strong feelings on the other about not creating more laws against children, creating more reasons that kids can be expelled from school or brought into court. I know how I would have voted, but that debate doesn't seem out of bounds. There are legitimate philosophical differences worth discussing in that debate. The debate that took place just a few weeks ago in our Louisiana legislature, on the other hand, did not play out like that. A half hour into the debate, one of our local representatives called for the defeat of the bill claiming that the real goals were to, and I quote, promote an agenda and teach alternative lifestyles. The hidden goals were to promote an agenda and teach alternative lifestyles. He explained that the bill, and again I quote, was straight out of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender legislative playbook. He said the next steps in the playbook would be lawsuits against school boards, and putting books in elementary schools that we wouldn't want our children to read. The objections to the bill did not address bullying or suicide. It didn't go into the new levels of bullying on the internet and social media. The bill was defeated because it included the LGBT language, plain and simple. One representative complained that it would require teachers and principals to act as Philadelphia lawyers. I had to kind of think about that one for a while, but I think that's a reference to the Tom Hanks movie, Philadelphia. It's the only thing I could come up with. That's a movie about workplace harassment against a gay man in Philadelphia. But you can see that this debate took a turn for the surreal. And so when Susan asked me to talk about where we go from here, having voted to be a welcoming congregation, where we go from here. I actually thought about that debate, because that debate took place within just weeks of our own vote. And while many of us may have felt like the vote to be a welcoming congregation was a long time coming, it's actually very timely. We are right in Louisiana, in Shreveport, Louisiana, we are right in the thick of this. So what do we do now? For me, personally, I start by reframing the question. In 1886, Leo Tolstoy visited several cities in Russia and was confronted by overwhelming poverty. In response, he wrote a book, which he titled, What Then Must We Do? What then must we do? Because he felt compelled to act. When our representatives are presented with a bill to protect children, but instead speak of lesbian legislative playbooks and Philadelphia lawyers and an agenda to place books in elementary school that I wouldn't want my children to read, I feel compelled to act. I think we have a responsibility to act. What, then, must we do? In my opinion, my recommendation to the Welcoming Congregation Committee, we have to do four things. First, we have to identify our audience. We don't stand toe-to-toe with the religious right and try to convince them that being LGB or T is normal. That is a complete waste of time and energy. As Samuel Johnson said in the 1700s, prejudice, not being founded on reason, cannot be removed by argument. We have to recognize that we are speaking to the 60% in the middle who may actually listen. Second, we introduce ourselves, not as a church and not in the press, but in our neighborhoods, one-on-one, and not just our gay members, not just the gay community, but the gay-friendly community as well, all of us. We are members of the military, We are police officers and judges. We are doctors and accountants, firefighters and nurses and PAs and teachers and parents, and it is time for us to speak up. Third, having avoided the far right, having introduced ourselves to the ones that we're trying to reach, we simply act normal, that is, we have to redefine the new normal, even here in Shreveport, maybe especially here in Shreveport. We have to join the younger generations and redefine the new normal. Being LGB or T does not define whether or not you are normal. The way you live your life, the choices you make, the principles you follow, that's what defines you. Think about some of the behavior of some of our leaders of late. Texting nearly nude pictures of yourself to strangers or to women that are not your wife is not normal. But the abnormal nature of that behavior wasn't based on that representative's heterosexuality. Gay or straight, that was abnormal. Of course, he did resign. But how about ours here in Louisiana, re-electing a man on the family values ticket who preached about family values while secretly cheating on his wife with prostitutes. None of that is normal. But again, it's not because he was straight that it was bad behavior. Gay or straight cheating on someone is not good family values. It's not the gayness or the straightness of it. It's the behavior. So if we are good people, gay or straight, or bi or transgender. If we, the gay and the gay-friendly community, make good decisions and follow high principles, that will define us. We simply have to live and demonstrate that we aren't just family. We have family values. It may seem simple, but I believe the only way you overcome prejudice is not by argument, but by interaction and time. Finally, fourth, and this one is the most important, as a congregation, as a welcoming congregation, you, each of you, has to commit to this cause, whatever level of commitment you choose. If you choose to simply come to a church and support a church that has chosen to be a welcoming congregation— that is all that is needed. If you choose to join a committee, if you choose to help design a campaign, if you choose to speak out, if you choose to hold a dinner at your home to try to have a conversation with some of the 60% who may listen, if you choose to join our friends at PACE or P Flag, the point is you choose your level of commitment. And this next civil rights movement Will continue to move forward. Now, we have to recognize in this most conservative region of the country that we are early in the movement. We are in the thick of it. We have to recognize that it's not going to happen quickly or be easy. It's a movement. It's an evolution. And yes, it's an agenda. But it's not a gay or a lesbian agenda. It's an American agenda. Don't tread on me was an American agenda. Live free or die is an American agenda. The question is not whether there is a gay agenda. The question is whether discrimination in any form is acceptable in America. And by becoming a welcoming congregation, We are doing our part to answer that question. The question for the anti-bullying bill should not have been whether you want a teacher teaching children that being gay is okay. The question should have been whether it's okay for a child to kill himself because the adult in the school system didn't stop the other kids from tormenting him for whatever reason. The question should have been, how in the name of God, literally in the name of God, do you politicize an effort to save just one child from suicide? If we ask that question of the 60% who may listen, this movement will continue forward. And meanwhile, all souls will be a safe haven a welcoming place with a welcoming congregation for people of any age along the path. And for that, I thank you.
1: I'm going to try to keep mine a little brief. Uh, when we voted to become an official welcoming congregation, I cast my vote in the affirmative because I had no choice. I was born to be an advocate for the transgender community. The society we live in forced me to take up the fight as a matter of survival. And for most of my life, I struggled alone. Then I was invited to speak here at All Souls by a handful of people who wanted to advocate with me, not just for my survival but for complete acceptance. Their effort failed at first, but they didn't give up. Their numbers grew into an overwhelming majority, and together you made a resolution not just to welcome, but to advocate on my behalf, and on behalf of the whole gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered community. I have to say, I am overwhelmed by your resolve. Right now, I feel something like the dog that spends a lifetime chasing cars and suddenly catches a bus. (laughs) A simple thank you seems trivial but I was not asked to offer my gratitude or congratulations for your courageous resolve. The 19th century American educator Horace Mann was right when he said, I have never heard anything about the resolutions of the apostles But a great deal about their acts. The welcoming congregation committee asked me to talk about what we should do with the bus. Since the state already has everything all dug up out front, maybe we could bury it like some 50 ton bone. Okay, I know that sounds glib. But I have been involved with several organizations that did just that. They made some great resolutions, patted themselves on the back, and so far as I know, they're still patting. Unless we want to join them, then we need a specific plan of action. The Welcoming Congregation Committee did discuss some of our options. The only consensus reached was that all souls could play a role in educating the community about GLBT issues. The question is, how exactly? Well, it just so happens that the Unitarian Universalist Association has established guidelines for organizing a group to handle those kinds of activities. Interweave Continental functions like a covenant group intended to support members of the BLGT community. Interweave is a vehicle for members of the congregation to become involved at whatever level they are comfortable with, but does not limit participation to church members or to GLBT members. Unlike most other covenant groups, an interweave chapter requires formal organization, but all souls used to have an established chapter and should still have organizational paperwork on file. Am I correct? Uh, okay (laughs) we'll do it later in the coming weeks i'm going to spearhead an effort to reactivate our interweave chapter there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer for anyone wanting more information who is interested in helping get this started again expect a meeting announcement by next sunday Another project I have in mind addresses that education role the Welcoming Congregation Committee talked about. Centenary College of Louisiana offers, actually requires, its students to attend one of several diversity training modules. Among the offerings is a gay politics module. The three-week seminar exposes students to the issues and difficulties of the BLTG community through films, literature, lectures, and guest speakers. At least a couple of All Souls members have been among the guest speakers over the past 10 years. Dr. Rodney Grunis, who created the course and taught it, has retired. I can only hope that his replacement continues inviting guest speakers because I have no control over that. What I can do, with your help, is to demonstrate to Centenary's administration that there is a public interest in the gay politics module being continued. What I propose is that we establish a scholarship fund to pay one student's tuition for that course on an annual basis? I envision this project being a goal of the Interweave chapter. These are goals which I believe we can accomplish, and I am willing to commit to them. In closing, I leave you this choice. Do we want to bury the bus or ride it into the future? Thank you. Oh, and by the way, in case no one else says it, thank you for making this a welcoming congregation.